Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, to second half kickoff for the home team. Presented by Athens Technical College. Your passion, your future. Elevated. Chris and Jeff with you till uh, 7. And uh, tonight, beginning at uh, 8 o'clock, Jeff, we will have an NFL postseason classic from 2010 NFC wildcard game between the uh, Green Bay Packers and Arizona Cardinals. Next Thursday... We'll actually have that 1993 game where the Bills came back on the Oilers. I remember that. I, I was in college. That was what would that have been around like January 10th or 11th, something like that. Yeah, I never will forget watching it. It was was it 35 to three? Is that right? And then a 41-38 was the final with Frank Reich, not Jim Kelly, leading the comeback, which really is amazing that he orchestrated the biggest comeback in college when they trailed Miami 31 nothing, and he was at Maryland and then did it again in, in the NFL. That's unbelievable. And, again, this is not John Elway doing it. It's Frank Reich. Frank Reich, who I like right now as a coach. Yeah. And he's got those two assistants. George Lee and John Park. But uh, and the, the other little uh, footnote, too, about the, the Maryland comeback over Miami is that Maryland comeback and the Flutie Hail Mary were consecutive games. Yes, they were. So uh, Miami went from – I think uh, eight and two to eight and four at that point, but uh, they got all the bad stuff out of their system there for a few years. <laughs> that, that was the that was the end of the the uh, crazy stuff that happened against them as they just became an all out juggernaut. Uh, but I got to say, the Golf Channel getting a big eh, and I love Faraday, but you know they're running Faraday. Although now that I say that. He is an interview of my man Tom Watson from 6 till 7, but we'll be on air. But I just thought they were going to be going Masters, Masters, Masters. And tonight from 7.30 to 8.30, it's the 2012 Green Jacket Ceremony Impressor with Bubba Watson. And then they do have the golf films on Ben Hogan, which was really good. It's not as good as Jack or Arnie, but it was, uh, it was good. Uh, right now, ESPN is showing Bubba's Masters victory over Louis Oosthuizen from 2012. And tonight they'll be showing Tiger in 97. But, uh, Chris, as you brought us back, as you so magnificently do, I, I stepped into uh, my little hut here, and none other than Ron the Gator Gidry is on the mound, Thurman Munson's catching, and the Penguin Ron Say is at the plate. Yeah, there's trouble, too. The Dodgers have uh, at least Dusty Baker on second. I don't know if there's anyone on first. Yeah, you got um, the bullpen going. <laughs> oh, is that the Goose and Sparky Lyle both? Yeah, because oh, you man. do. I mean, there there's there's not a bunch of nonsense on the screen, but that's one thing you don't have now. If you're listening to the game on mute, there's no, hey, who's on base? How many guys are on base? And what's the score right now? What's the score? And so this must be – uh, Ron Guidry day because they've actually got a, a regular season game where he struck out 18 angels in 1978 and that's the year that uh, 
Gidry went 25 and three. So uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, the MLB Network's been coming through. Let me double check here and see what is on the NFL Network tonight. NFL's greatest games. Yeah, <laughs> Jets and Browns. Uh, okay, <laughs> from, from what tw- year? Yeah, from 2018. Yeah, th- this is not, you know, um, you know Joe Namath. Uh, uh, at quarterback for the Jets, and God, Jim Brown was gone by then. Uh, oh God, and then uh, loosely greatest games. We got Pats and Rams tonight. From is that a Super, Super Bowl? Bowl yeah. What the one in Atlanta? Thirteen to three. Oh God, that's yeah. the worst Super Bowl. Well, well, one of them. It's in the bottom five. I would say what uh, this that Ravens Giants was the worst. When you consider the quarterbacks, the coaches, how bad the game was, the I I, I think that the Broncos over the Panthers was number two. That was pretty bad. I would make a a case that you know you're talking about like the that that Ravens Giants Super Bowl being bad, but when you think back on who the quarterbacks were and the coaches, like maybe that was to be expected. But when you've got Belichick against a, a young up-and-coming McVay and Tom yeah. Brady in there. It's like for that Super Bowl to turn out to be garbage, was that was bad. It, it was disappointing because I think we all thought it was going to be an exciting game. And, and the deal is the Rams missed a couple of chances. And you, know, you, you play New England, you play you-know-who in college. Boy, if you get that opening, you better cash in or they're going to make you pay. And then the deal was what they they dropped what should have been a touchdown, and then the next play they throw an interception. Looked like maybe a little bit of interference. Maybe it was a lot of interference. Well, I said maybe a little. So yeah. you say no, it was probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The five and five brought to you by Duplicating Systems, more than a system, a solution. And uh, Jeff, let's start with verbal commitments because Georgia gets a pair of them over uh i guess they both came in technically what last night so wednesday night into a thursday today giving georgia now six for the class of 2021 uh give us your uh your take on big offensive lineman micah morris and uh running back lavasia carroll yes uh i was elated last night when we got micah morris he is a look at greg nettles what a play uh, he uh, he is a big-time prospect. Uh, I was about to say in the hot corner, but that would be Greg Nettles. Uh, he is a big-time prospect at offensive tackle for Georgia. And, again, one of those elite players from the state uh, growing up in St. Mary's, which is right down on the Georgia-Florida border, which is another perk to beating the Gators. And uh, just Georgia's in his blood. That's a tremendous, tremendous uh, Georgia-backed uh, part of the state. I mean, we're the majority party in, in every county in the state, but uh, but down in uh, Camden County, that is big-time Georgia country. And uh, Morris is, is an excellent student, and uh, I, I just think when you look at Matt Luke and what he's been able to do and just keeping the recruiting train going, and a tip of the cap as well to Todd Hartley, that's uh, one of his recruiting areas, southeast Georgia, coastal Georgia there. That is an enormous, literally and figuratively, pull in for Georgia. And, Chris, I think particularly if Georgia can get in a Marius Mims, when you look at the line class that the dogs hauled in that will be coming in this year, uh, now you're talking about putting together those back-to-back classes on the front like Georgia did in 17 and 18. 
Isn't Camden County where you were when um, when we hit? Uh, it was. It was when we ran to the, the standstill. Yep. Yeah. I, I was there, um, and that was. Oh man, that was something. But uh, just talking to my friends, uh, Brent Blunt and, and Steve Talley from down there, who listened to us a lot. I, uh, you know, called to congratulate them, and they were so excited. And uh, that's that's great news. And then to get Carol, who's from Warrington, which is you know, pretty much between Athens and South Georgia, and uh, he's played at IMG Academy the last year. Well. When, when he played high school football at Warrington and last year at IMG Academy where they had to divide the carries up a lot more, he averaged over 10 yards a pop both times. So you'll probably see Georgia take two backs here. Um, I, I, I think uh, if if you could get an, an elite, elite out-of-stater, uh, you've also got Cody Brown from Parkview. You know, maybe you would think about three, but I would guess Carroll and, and Cody Brown – from, uh, from Parkview would be at the top of the list. Another good thing about Carroll, though, I think he's one of those guys that could that could play multiple positions, but for now uh, looks like he's coming in as a back. And, you know, Georgia got Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards uh, coming in this year, so that's another good one for next season. So a good couple days. And, again, just big picture, what Georgia's doing in-state right now is tremendous. Warren County's not in that uh, that Highway 15 pipeline, though, is it? No. But it's not, in that neighborhood. It, it, it is in the neighborhood. It is uh, – Warren County is kind of more between, I would say, Waynesboro and Thompson. So if you're heading towards South Georgia down – down Highway 78, going the other way from the Atlanta Highway towards Augusta, and then cut down. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 close to that Sandersville, but you know, as the crow flies, probably you know, 40 miles or so away. And what I like about him is he had uh, he was a one-time South Carolina commitment, and uh, he decommitted from there uh, pretty much right after they lost to North Carolina last season. So. Well, that's that, that's a big, big, big get there for Georgia and uh, Kirby Smart and the staff just doing a, a great job uh, pulling in so many of these local players, so many of these in-state players, and it looks like just a, a banner recruiting year setting up for Georgia. Whatever happened, and uh, it's funny, like given the uh, our current our current time, it's you you know you got some things just kind of like fall off the uh, the map, and you haven't even thought about it. But like, whatever happened to Zach Evans? He hadn't signed anywhere yet. I know, right? So it's like that whole that whole saga maybe is a little more twisted and complicated now because the thought was he would just show up somewhere probably in like May or June, but he ain't now because none of these schools are going to be open in May or June. No. Uh, I've heard so many different schools as the front runner. I, I know. Was the last Florida maybe? I'd heard Florida. You know, I'd heard Tennessee trying to get in there. And the thing for him it looked like every school he was looking at. You know, he went to Ole Miss. You know, he signed here with Georgia. Was was out of state. Then you start wondering: Well, is he just going to now wind up at, at, at say at Texas A and M? Yeah. Well, the the Tennessee thing. Remember, there was that saga where uh, Jeremy Pruitt went thought he had a, a visit with them at his high school or something, and then got shunned. Or right, they, it was like it was called off. Yeah, that's not good. No, usually that's not a great sign if you're trying to <laughs> yeah. uh, to get a guy. But that's that's you know that's one of those entertaining recruiting sagas and seeing where oh, he this? would end up because the deal is now I mean, because he did sign here he he can't sign anywhere else. It's at the point now where he'll just we'll, we'll know where he is when he when he ends up on you know at some team's practice. Do you think, and especially with everything that's gone on, that a, a Texas school is is 
more in play now? Yeah, I would think it would just be easier to, you know, to to navigate that. Yeah, I do too. And uh, and end up there. So, but yeah, that was just a a name I thought about the <laughs> earlier today with all this recruiting news going on. Is like Zach Evans. What what did ever happen what to ever uh, happened to him? So Georgia right now the uh, the class on twenty four seven ranked uh, eight, but Georgia's only got six commitments. Because I know like Florida, I guess has kind of been bragging about sitting at number four right now but like well they've got 13 commitments that's a volume thing right now at this point that is a volume thing here's the other good thing about georgia's class right now there's not another of the top 12 players in the state right now there's only one commitment that is not to georgia and georgia appears to be in the lead or right in the mix on all the other players so the one is the kid that's going to Clemson, right? Yeah, I believe it's Jordan Hancock's his name's a cornerback. Yes. Okay. And then you said that um Colsey from He's decommitted from Notre Dame. He's decommitted, but I do I still see them as a hundred percent though on the crystal ball. Well, so, he ain't going to Notre Dame. He's not? Well he decommitted. Well maybe he wants to go back there at some point. He probably finally went up there for a visit in the wintertime. Yeah, said, maybe. Yeah, no thank you. He needs to wind up here at Georgia. He needs to stay home. I see that he's cool on Alabama, according to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Colsey would be a good get. This is going to be a, a great year in state for Georgia. I'm extremely excited about it, especially when you look at some of the position groups, too. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Colsey's a receiver, and he's – You'd like to think Brock Vandegriff is working him pretty hard right now. Well, although they're big rivals now, Prince and Athens Academy. Hey, but now we can play together. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Yeah, they do have a rivalry at this point. Um, all right, moving on in the uh, 5 and 5, Jeff. Today should have been the uh, first round of the Masters. Uh, who's leading right now? Is it Charlie Hoffman, first-round leader, always kind of odd? Charlie Hoffman is five under par. Louis Ustase and Poppet in there at minus four uh you, you've got the usual cast of suspects in there all between even and minus two with Kepka, with Spieth with McElroy even Tiger Woods uh at minus one and Phil Mickelson coming in at even par but he's only through 16 so maybe a chance to roll in a birdie there too to get to one under so I'm going with a lot of elites sitting right there but you're spot on it's Charlie Hoffman who's in the lead as the first round nears an end so you trust uh, Tiger says he would have been healthy you trust trust him yeah I, I think he was probably gearing up for this and, and he sacrificed not playing at Sawgrass I'm t- the, the guys who are going to benefit the most from this thing being in November are Kepka and Tiger yeah, well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what type of schedule Tiger does run, though, because if he plays in the – he's going to play in the PGA and the U.S. Opens, and then if you throw in there the the, the playoff and that event leading up to there, you're looking at, what is that, like five or six straight weeks of golf. He's going to have to pick his spots. Um, he's going to have to skip the playoff. He might have to. I don't even know if he'd be qual- – how are they going to qualify yeah, guys for that? That's, that's a, that might be one of those things they could have just put off till next year. Yeah. I mean, still have the tournaments, but maybe don't call it. Because, you I mean, you have to have the tour championship, I guess. Yeah, but it, it's coming before two of the majors. Good point. Yeah, that may be one is they, they could have just eh. called off. Oh, I, I mean, I, I get it. We're all – you know, we're, we're going through this as – 
yeah, we're, we're I guess flying blind in this, just trying to find the right dates for all of it. So it's it's all going to be unusual. Now, the one thing it cuts always brings us up, and and I forget about it a lot. You don't know what Tiger's back. I mean, if it's cold in Augusta in November, how much that would hurt him. But I, I'm I, I've just got a feeling Kepka is going to be informed by then. Well, he'll be about a year because it, it was about that time last year, November, December, he was rehabbing that knee. Yeah. And, but here's how good a year Kepka had last year that we're saying he only won one major. Yeah, I know. I mean, because it, it, yeah, he, he darn could have won the Masters. He sure darn could have won the U.S. Open. And he, I know Lowry wound up pulling away, but, but he, he was sniffing around it at the British. He disappointed me, though, when he won a, like another <laughs> tournament last year because I really just wanted his career to basically be nothing but, but majors. Here's Brooks Kepka, 11 career wins, eight major championships. Yeah, I wanted that for him, but he, he messed up, and he won, I think he won one of those playoff events, he didn't did. he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, screwed up. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, all right, Jeff, moving on in the – what about – I was going to – like, do you think there maybe would have been like a Spieth sighting today? You know, yeah. he's done nothing, but it's Augusta again, and he he pops up on the leaderboard the first day, and then he ultimately would fade by Sunday. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, he's, you know, from the the first time he set foot on that course. I mean, remember he finished second as a twenty year old to Bubba Watson when Bubba won it in twenty fourteen. I mean, you're talking about a guy, you know, it, you know, he's quote unquote only got one. I mean, he could certainly, he should at least have two. And could could possibly be sitting with three or four green jackets. You know, obviously the the, the one in 2016 will will haunt him for the rest of his life. But yeah, I, I do think Spieth at Augusta is a good play. And but I mean, again, you look at what's happened to his game, and you wonder, you know, it, at least for now, is he going to you know, be competitive at any of the at any of the other majors, at least for the time being. And the thing is, you know, what did Satchel Page always say? Don't look back. Somebody might be gaining on you. There's so many good young players out there, you know, not to mention all these elites. I mean, the, the one guy other than Rory who had been playing really well, who had some good moments, was Justin Thomas. And But, but you know, you got guys like Xander Shuffley who have been around the leaderboard, so – it's it's going to be a tough road to hoe for for Spieth right now. I mean, and you know when he was having his surge back in in 2015, and then when he won the British in 17. I mean, Chris, we've talked about it. I mean, you know, even counting Nicholas and Woods, I've never seen anybody make the number of long putts that he made consistently. Well, yeah, after a while, it's you start to realize like, well, these are the young up and coming players. But at some point, like, no, like McElroy's 30 already, right. even like Dustin Johnson, like, oh, well, 36. Yeah. I mean, he? he's mid, mid to upper thirties now, but there was that run with yet Victor Hovland. And then that Sung Jae M that won back to back tournaments that were both yeah. 20, 21 years old that you could see just this, you know, this, uh, these young guys that are all over the place now. And M is obviously, incredibly good and Hovland's a guy he's he's got the game he's got the background I mean he he's won and, and been in the hunt for all these amateur championships been low am and I mean, he's a guy who I, I would predict he would win I, I, I would set Chris his over under for career major championships at one and a half I think he's that good yeah watching the Dodgers and Yankees here uh, 
There was a play at third base. Greg Nettles ended up on the ground. And the who's that for the Dyke? Garvey there? I can't tell. I couldn't tell, but whoever was like tried offered him Nettles his hand to like try and help him up, nah. and Nettles would not accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, all right, Jeff. Couple of um, NFL draft thoughts. First of all, by the way, there was a poll I saw on that, that ES. Was Garvey, by the way, it was Steve Garvey. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have taken his hand either. <laughs> Don't know where that's been. Here's the Penguin. Yeah, Ron Say, who was on a Columbo once. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the, him the more gator- as a Cub when the, I would cut, rush home from school to watch him. So here's what nicknames great. You got. Ron the Gator Gidry against Ron the Penguin Say. Yeah. That's great stuff. All right, Jeff, here's a uh, a couple NFL draft quick hitters. We are two weeks from today. Yes, sir. We'll have the, uh, the NFL draft. Uh, first offensive lineman drafted. The favorite is Tristan Wirfs. Uh, it sounds like uh, that's going to be a bad pick, and that's going to be the right answer. Andrew Thomas should be the first O-lineman taken. First running back drafted. Heavy favorite, Swift. Swift will be. Uh, the surprise might be that Jonathan Taylor is big-time favorite as the second back drafted ahead of J.K. Dobbins. I would take Edwards Hilaire second. I like Edwards Hilaire, too. Because he could go out and catch it, too. Dobbins can't catch. Um, They would have won the national – excuse me, they would have played the national title game if he could catch. They would have beaten Clemson. Yeah, they would have lost to LSU, though. Yes, but they would have beaten Clemson if he could catch. Um, First receiver drafted is Jerry Judy. Agree or disagree? I think he's the best one. That C.D. Lamb's going up the boards. I think Judy's the best guy, though. You got Judy and then I guess Ruggs is the burner. Yeah. I mean, obviously they can all run, but Judy's the guy that that I would guess would be the first. That C.D. Lamb keeps – you know, keeps moving up, but he also got to look at pedigree, and those Bama receivers have been a hit. I mean, when you're talking about, I mean, Julio, Cooper, and now Ridley. Yeah. Which one of them was Judy? It was either Judy or Ruggs is the one who had that comment about how they decide they played rock, paper, scissors to decide which one of them got to run the, the hot route oh, last year at Bama. Well, for, they got four first rounders. So they, who they got Smith and who's the other one that's back because Ruggs left. And, and we'll obviously see Smith Judy is left. back and then. Yeah, they got another, another one of the guys who could have gone pro and probably would have been a first rounder. Yeah. But the next time Saban gets upset with the media for not respecting their uh, cupcake opponent and point out to him that, well, apparently your receivers used to play rock, paper, scissors during those games and decide which one got to run the, the route that would catch the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, second quarterback drafted is still two a favorite, although there appears to be some momentum with Herbert because teams are dumb. Don't do it, Miami. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, I guess those are like kind of the, the main fun ones today. Although there is, uh, will any draftee experience technical difficulties? Yes. Yeah, that's that's a lock because they're going to be Skyping or on Zoom or something if they're getting interviewed during the draft. So if you've been watching late night TV and you've seen those hosts uh, attempt to put on a show from their homes, there will be technical difficulties. Well, and especially, too, we all get the social distancing. They're going to be they're going to be some family members at it for some of these guys who are getting picked and i understand it and everybody's going to be tweeting and taking pictures and it's going to stretch the bandwidth of the internet signal in in home so yeah you're going to have some glitches there. in fact there's the highest number of people in the same room over under nine and a half people over yeah even though what it 
really, I mean, it, it, I know all states have different rules now at this point because they've been affected by this differently. But I mean, here in Georgia, we're now at the complete shelter in place. But even before that, it was like gatherings of no more than 10. That was pretty much the, the max number there. Yeah, I, I've just got a feeling we'll see more than that. Yes, that's family members. Yeah. So well, I, we've even got uh, the number of cats and the number of dogs that will be seen during the first round seven and a half the number uh well dogs is dogs is three and a half cats is a half okay so i would go over that over on both yeah even cats well, i mean that you know cats are, are sly they might you know jump on a counter or something behind the players being interviewed yeah the thing like the the cats though could be like they don't necessarily they won't be around all the people but you know the dogs are going to be right there oh for sure so um anyway so the dogs are favored there but um there's there's a few NFL draft prop bets two weeks out. Well, have you found a favorite for your? By the way, Bucky Dent just got a big hit. Uh, have you found uh, found one or two that you like? Well, the the like I said earlier, the one that um, initially caught my eye was the Georgia players drafted in the first round as a uh, half over Auburn with that at plus money, and we know we know Thomas and Brown are the locks. So it comes down to does Swift go in the first round, and I and but then I forgot about Marlon Davidson, which throws a little wrinkle into that. I'm glad you reminded me of him because I was sitting there thinking, is there another Auburn guy after Brown? And then like, oh yeah, Davidson. Is, so. is, is there any way you think could could say could could Jake from sneak in late in the first round? There, there's always a couple of surprises. Yeah, but it's there really doesn't seem to be a lot of momentum with him right now. Uh, maybe like a guy who could would be like Isaiah Wilson, you know, big six foot six, three hundred and fifty pound offensive lineman, someone like him. He he would be a guy I would think who would be sitting there in the second round, and you know, let's just say because last I saw him, he was projected as like the I don't know, like the the seventy fourth player to go which would be what middle third early middle third round there but he would be the type of guy you would think that if you wanted to retool that offensive line if you could get him in the second or the early third he certainly got the potential I mean he, he was a very good player at Georgia but if he continues to put in the work I think he's one of those guys who could be a better pro so you know like to, to me like he would be a guy if you're the Falcons if he's sitting there early third, you got to be all over him. Does someone take a? Uh, does someone draft Hot Rod in the first round? No, no. <laughs> Kevin says uh, one worry for him. Say his ball comes out a little bit low uh, on field goals, so we'll we'll see if he gets picked. No. But, you know, well, Kevin was supposed to work on that. For, well, him. he was with him for two years. Um, where where Rod's re- really, I mean, he was so good on those kickoffs. That's what just blew me away. Yeah, but even Rodrigo pointed out during the draft process is teams don't want to NFL teams don't necessarily want to see you just boom it out of the end zone because you got a directional kick sometimes. How soon though before the NFL puts in that fair catch rule? Yeah, I don't know. Or even does the like well they'll never do that. They'll never adopt anything the XFL was doing. <laughs> even if the XFL idea wasn't bad. Like this is a brilliant idea, but yeah. no, we're not gonna do it. They'll never the yeah, they'll never admit it. that. <laughs> All right, so there's the five at five brought to you by duplicating systems more than a system, a solution. It is without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.